money is the root of all evil. <laughs> Stinky, filthy, rich. You did you know it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven? Did you know that? Blessed are the poor. Your reward's coming in the next life. Poverty is a virtue. Now, how many of us have heard a few of those phrases? Yeah? When we were children, we heard a lot of those kind of phrases. And whether we know it or not, sometimes those things get kind of in our being. They're kind of, they become a part of our operating system, like a malicious virus in your computer. They're operating back there, messing up all of your attempts to become prosperous. All the work you're doing is being undermined by filthy, stinking, rich. Because if that's filthy, stinking, you don't want anything to do with rich, right? Right? You don't want to be part of the evil if rich is bad. So that's under, underlying what we do, and we don't even know it. We all have to deal with money. Money is a part of our lives. It's imbued in everything we do. There's money. We have a relationship with money, like it or not. So if you have a relationship, let's just make it a good one. You know, let's have a good relationship with money. We might as well. Today is our seventh week in the eight-week series that's based on Eric Butterworth's Spiritual Economics, The Principles and Process of True Prosperity. And in Chapter 9, Butterworth cites a research study that asked, what do people worry about most? Money. Mm -hmm. That's what people worry about most. What makes people the happiest? Money. Yes. And what makes people the unhappiest? Money. And he goes on to point out that no matter how lofty your spiritual ideals may be, no matter how many affirmations of truth that you can speak by rote, you still have to pay your bills. You still have to pay your bills. So, unless we are feeling happy, happy, happy about our finances, we get to look at our core beliefs about money. What's operating in the background? Is money the root of all evil? Are you willing to look and see money in a different way? What's the truth about money? Butterworth tells us that the right attitude toward money is the root of all kinds of prosperity. So how did this idea about money being the root of all evil come? Well, in 1 Timothy 6.10 it reads... The love of money is the root of all evils. And that is one of the most misquoted Bible verses there are. Because it's not money that's the root of all evils. It's the love of money. It's when we put money in front of everything else. It's when we forget that God is our source. It's when we forget that the thing that brings us joy and lasting happiness is the awareness of our oneness with God, our relationship with God. When we've forgotten that and we put money out there as the thing that's going to make us happy... It becomes a problem. But money itself, money's innocent. Money isn't the root of all evil. So what's the right attitude towards money then? You know, what's the truth about money? First, money is a concept. It's a concept. It's a symbol. 
It's not real wealth. It's only a symbol for measuring wealth. Butterworth says it's a tangible representation of intangible universal substance. And that allows us to get food and buy cars, and Sue just got another car, yay. Well, the old one had 187,000 miles on it. And this allows us, this money that we have allows us to get cars and food and shelter and all those kind of things. It's the faith and trust that we have in money that gives us its value. Money itself does not have value. It's the faith and trust that we give it that has value. Now, do you remember, yes, some of us in this room are old enough to remember the money back before, I think it was 1964, when quarters were made of silver and dimes were made of silver and nickels were made of nickel and pennies were made of actual copper. Well, they're not anymore. They're not. Now quarters are made out of some copper probably, covered with a silver substance, and it's not really quarter anymore. But it is, because if you go to the store, you give them the 1964 silver quarter, and you give them the copper quarter, you get the same amount of goods, right? The metal is more worth more in the silver quarter, but it's not, because that's not the value we give to it. So money is just a symbol. It's a symbol. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I don't even use money anymore. I rarely use money because I have a debit card. And so a debit card is a symbol of a symbol of something. (laughs) It's once or twice or three times removed. You know, money is just a concept. As a concept, money can represent, the symbol can represent lack or abundance depending on your consciousness about it. Now, if your relationship with money is primarily... I don't have enough. It's payday again. I'm only getting paid this. The bills are coming in. There's never enough. If that's the concept that you have of money, then you have a concept of lack. If, on the other hand, you have a concept of, I appreciate everything I get. It's just a symbol. The money's coming in. I'm going to do something creative with it. I know that God is my source. This is just an amount. It's a figure. It, you know... This everything's fine because I'm just moving through this process. You know, if you can think of it money as that, then you probably have a pretty good prosperity consciousness. When you bless everything that you have, it grows. It, it, then you're in the flow, and whatever you have grows. So I invite you to ask yourselves, what's your concept of money? What predominantly comes up for you when you think about money? Now, I've been sharing my journey uh, through the three years of ministry school when I was in Kansas City, and it was really a journey into a a deeper level of prosperity consciousness because that's what I asked for when I went. And I bought that fixer-upper house, and last week or two weeks ago, I said when I got ready to sell it, I couldn't sell it because I didn't have clear title. And so my money was gone. I put it all into the house. The house couldn't be sold, and I was kind of, well, stuck, but... I still believed. I still had faith. And I continued to affirm that all things are working together for me. All things. I even made a little song about it. All things are working together for me. So money trickled in through several different channels. I was doing okay. The house finally got on the market. I finally got the title cleared. And then it sat there for over a year and didn't sell. 
And that year, one person looked at that house. And you know how much work that is to keep your house clean for a year? (laughs) And nobody's coming in the door. (sighs) I just knew that the time would be right. I had faith. I knew that the time would be right. And then I started getting these urges to quit my job. So I was like, quit the job? That's where the money's coming from. I was working at Silent Unity. Quit the job? And not only did I end up quitting one job, I ended up quitting two. I had three, plus being a full-time student. But something got in the middle of my back and gave me a divine push, and I just had to listen to it. I quit the job. And you know what? Everything was okay. Money continued to come in from different places, and I knew that I had made the right decision. Now, that sounds risky. That sounds crazy. Why would you do something like that? Because there's a part of you inside that's your essence, that's my essence, that was guiding me. And I was listening to that instead of my head that was saying, squawk, squawk, the sky is falling, chicken little. You know, it does that. It doesn't do that to us. Our minds do that. I didn't have much money, but I had real wealth. I had real wealth because during this time, my inner voice became louder and more clear. During this time, I just knew what to do and when to do it. I was just moving through life in this blessed, joyful space of it's not that there weren't ever problems. I just went, and this too. Okay, well, what's next? Throw the best at you. What do you got? You know, throw it at me. And I just kept moving through it. I was living in the flow, that flow of my awareness of God's presence within and around me. So, money is a concept that can represent abundance or lack, depending on our relationship with it. So what else is true about money? What else do we know? Well, we know that wealth is not in money. Did you know that? Wealth is not in money. Wealth is in ideas. Wealth is in ideas. Because we got to kind of get over this idea that God is a great big ATM machine and that if we just pray and stick in a card or a prayer, money's going to come out of it. God's not a great big ATM machine. God is infinite intelligence. God is divine mind. And what's the coin of the realm? It's ideas. Ideas. Wealth is in ideas. That's how we get prospered, is through our divine ideas. When we listen and we're still, we get ideas. Brenda knows what I'm talking about. Butterworth tells the story of H.C. Mattern, a man who had failed at almost everything he had done. He'd been a businessman. He built a business, but his business failed. His wife left him. He was literally down to his last dollar, and he attempted suicide, and he failed at that too. You know, things, you get to a pretty low place when you try to kill yourself, and that doesn't work out either. <laughs> it's, uh, seriously. But what happens sometimes when we get to that really low place is that we surrender. We finally surrender. And that's when the grace of God touches us. I call it the grace of God. Eric Butterworth called it the upward pull of spirit in man. Something lifted him up, and he listened. He looked at that last dollar, and he saw a reminder of truth. You know, there's two sides to a dollar. There's this side, and then there's the green side. And on the front 
It's money, and on the back it says, in God we trust. In God we, on all of our bills, on the back, it says, in God we trust. And he said, in God I trust, yes. Yes, I do trust in God. He stopped chasing after money as his goal. And instead, he started seeing money as a current of divine flow. He looked at that dollar, and he knew that that was a divine idea. In God, we trust. Mattern did what we all would like to do first, which is to overcome that feeling of needing money. We're in the divine flow, folks. Unless we're pushing it off, it's coming in. So he got over that feeling of need because that's what repels money. More than money, we need to exercise our faith. We need to be open to a creative flow. We need to be receptive to divine ideas. So the way to truly prosper, turn the green side up. That's what Butterworth says. Get centered in that divine flow. Remember, in God I trust. When you remind yourself of that and you get into that consciousness, you've really created the condition for success. Butterworth tells us you are never further than one idea away from all of the wealth in the universe. You're never further than one idea away from all of the wealth in the universe. Wealth is not money. Wealth is divine ideas. And through our spiritual practices of meditation, affirmations, prayer, we can increase our receptivity to divine ideas. And the idea is just the beginning. And here's where some of us get stuck. Nothing else happens until we follow up on the divine idea, until we take some action, until we say, yes, yes, God, I'll do it. I'll do it. Because God can do no more for you than God can do through you. God can do no more for you than God can do through you. Now, the idea of me, me buying a beat-up old house, sinking all of my money into it in a place that I didn't even know was crazy. It was crazy. But I got that divine idea, that push in the middle of my back, and I just kept going. My friend said, you're crazy. (laughs) And I said, yes, I know. (laughs) I know. I just trust. Something in me said, yes, I knew it was right. Each of you probably has some divine idea bubbling up in you. It's there. Are you willing to listen? Are you willing to listen for the idea? And are you willing to courageously act on it? If you've got that kind of idea, talk to people about it that are of like mind, that aren't willing, aren't going to slam you down and infirm that you are crazy, because people are more than willing to do that. Ask somebody who's going to say, oh, tell me more about that, you know, and listen so that you can hear it when you say it aloud. It's very powerful. Your wealth is in your divine ideas. Because you received it, you're the only one who can give it to the world. It's yours to give. Butterworth likes to quote Emerson, and Emerson said that every person is an inlet and may become an outlet to all there is in God. Everyone's an inlet and may become an outlet to all all there is in God. In other words, there's no shortage in the universe. There's no poverty except the poverty that we have in our minds, our own poverty of idea or imagination. We can do anything when we receive a divine idea and act upon it. There's never a shortage of divine ideas. 
God hasn't run out yet. There's plenty to go around. We need to hear the idea, and we need to be willing to act on it. Sometimes we get stuck, and then something has to give. And that something that has to give is us. If I'm stuck, I have to give. If you're stuck, you have to give. Now, it doesn't have to be money that you have to give, but it has to be something to get the divine flow going. If we're not willing to share our ideas with the world, we're actually blocking that divine flow. Of course, in Miracles tells us that giving and receiving are the same. They're the same. So if we don't do both, give and receive, we're blocking the flow of good in our lives. You're an outlet, inlet and you may become an outlet to all there is in God. And then moving down the home stretch, you know, the neighborhood that I lived in, that I moved into, had started to go downhill. There were homes that were <laughs> there were homes that were foreclosed. Some were in bad states of disrepair. Crime was on the rise. The windows hadn't been broken, but the gangs had spray painted in the driveway. Okay, that's it was creeping in like that. But I was willing to act on my divine idea to invest my time, my money, my love in that home that I created for myself. And you know what? When that house came back from being uninhabitable, and the neighbors were out watching me paint my house. Literally, they set up their lawn chairs and watched me paint my house. It was so cute. I thought, come on over. But they did not. They just watched. But they started putting money into their homes as well. The house next to me, the guy, he put $30,000 into his home. And this is, a, at that point, about a $40,000 home <laughs> because of the, I mean, it didn't start that way, but that's where it went. By the time I moved out of Kansas City, including my house, five of the neighbors right in, within stone's throw had it remodeled, renovated, and improved their homes, and there were new families living in them. It was amazing to see that neighborhood turn around. Police cars are driving up and down the street again. You know? <laughs> Yay! <laughs> It was just amazing. There was a whole lot of repairing going on. We were flowing. The neighborhood was flowing. So what's the truth about money? Money's a concept. Wealth is not in money. Wealth is in ideas. And do you know what that means? Now, here's the most important thing. No matter what we may have thought or been told about money, money is good when money is God in action. Money is good when money is God in action. Money is currency. It's a symbol of the divine flow. And we may not always know exactly where we're going to go when we get into that flow, but we know it's going to be good because God is in charge. Money is God in action, and that's a divine idea. So this week, I invite you to carry a bill, whether it's a 1 or a 20, a 50 or a 100, it's up to you. Make it a nice crisp one if you have one. Otherwise, just so long as you can read those words on the back when you turn the green side up, in God we trust. In God we trust. Whether you're paying your bills and you start going, whether you're buying groceries and you go, ah. You know, when you fill the gas tank, when you get your paycheck and think, yeah, mm, get that bill out. Turn the green side up. Remember, I trust in God. In God we trust. Have faith that your money is always going to be for you a symbol of abundance. And it will be. It's like a magnet when we put that kind of faith in it. 
On the green side, it says, in God we trust. We have that. We know that money is good. Money is God in action. And then find a way to give. Find a way to give. If it's the next person that you see, you just give them a smile. Find a way to give. If somebody needs to listen and you have something to say, find a way to give. If you need to say something, find somebody. Just do whatever it is. Find a way to give. It does not have to be a million bajillion dollars. It can be a gift from your heart. And when you give something, anything, what you're doing is you're entering into that divine flow. And that gets it going. You're just getting out of the way. God will take you to places you cannot, he might even take you home. Which is what happened to me, because here I am. Never would have expected. God will take you to a place that will truly bless you. When you say yes, and you find a way to give, and you get into that flow. Thank you, and I bless you.